Hey, Mama. Welcome to the Mom Walk Collective Podcast. I'm Jamie. And I'm Ari. And we are just two mamas trying to navigate motherhood. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, Jamie, how's Lincoln's sleep going this week? <laughs> we wanted to start off on a little fun topic. We were actually talking about this before we press record and we're like, pause. We're actually going to record this because it's so relatable to everyone. Um, Lincoln is my eight month old little cutie munchkin boy. And we are navigating what sleep looks like at this age. So when he was born, he slept from eight to six until Mm. he was about like five or six months old. It was like a dream when moms would be like, Oh, how are you sleeping? And I'd be like, amazing. And they'd be like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, he sleeps eight to six every day. And they're like, did you sleep train? And I'm like, no. And they're like that mom. Yeah, I was that mom. I was, but plot twist went on vacation and that's not the case anymore. So Mm. two nights ago, actually we were supposed to record this the (laughs) other day, but I was a zombie because Lincoln scream cried from 5 30 PM till 5 AM. And we maybe got 30 minutes of sleep. So boof a boof a boof Mm -hmm. um so we think possibly i took him to the doctor and be like maybe it was an ear infection because he just screamed anytime i laid him horizontally so we're Mm. like hmm interesting had a fever the whole shebang looked fine the doctor was like i don't know maybe it's teething last night was back to normal and I'm like, excuse hmm. me, mister, 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 why'd you throw a little plot twist to my life? Um, <laughs> so that's how Lincoln's And they can't doing. communicate you with you. That's like, what's so difficult is like, if you could just tell me, we could like try to anticipate these things. We could help exactly. you. So I would just, just have like gone. We're going blind. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of like one of those, the mindset that I'm taking. And I don't know if you, did you ever do like those like school lock-ins where they like locked you in your school and you like pulled all nighters for like 24 hours? No, never. Okay. Maybe it must be an Idaho thing. I was going to say it must be a small town thing because literally they used to like do these like lock-ins and they literally would lock us in the high school all night and you'd like sleep in the gym and they had all these things going. Everyone went, was it the dumbest things fun? ever? Oh no, yeah, but it was kind of like you just went. Uh, I yeah. don't know if that Anyhow. would fly at my high school. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, probably some real sketchy stuff went down. Um, but I don't know. Anyhow, if I could have mentally prepared and been like Lincoln lock in, Let's do this hype expectation. It'd been great, but we are all about going with the flow. So mm. thank you for asking. Lincoln is now yes. better. He's currently asleep. It's 8.30 PM and he is sleeping like a little dream baby. Um, but Link I only have log. one baby. Oh yeah. I know. I actually have Lincoln logs for him. Maybe I'll do his birthday that theme. Aww. Wouldn't that be cute? Yeah. Okay. But I only have one baby. You have two babies Mm. and they are getting to the sleep regression phase, the teething phase. Are you experiencing any of that? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) We have, so I was also that mom that was like, Oh, my babies are like sleeping through the night. Like they slept like 11 and a half, 12 hours. (laughs) Isn't it and funny? It you look back and be like, oh. Yeah. And I would keep my mouth shut because I was like, I know this isn't normal and I don't want to like piss off like a like a sleep deprived mom right now. I would like to make friends actually. <laughs> so, yes. I mean, it didn't hurt you. You made a ton of friends, but that was going through my head. Um, but yeah, we've, we're fortunate. We have two babies, one baby sleeps through the night, totally content, sleeps in her crib. She's happy. That's a Harley girl. Um, Graham, he is our FOMO baby. And if there is anything going on, he's going to know. And so we have yet to do naps in the crib because Mm -hmm. he likes to nap in the carrier, whether that's on me 
my husband, my mom, we all rotate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Feel and that. then at, yeah, at night, you know, we're doing better. Last night was a weird one. Decided to wake up at 10 p.m. and would not go back to sleep. So Ian slept on the recliner in the, I guess that's called a glider, in their nursery for an hour, maybe longer. <laughs> but then he slept through the night. And then we are very, very fortunate when my mom spends the night. She didn't do it tonight, but most nights during the week she does. When they wake up at like 6 a.m. right now, it's like I just walk over with their bottles. We have a mini fridge in our bedroom. That way we don't have to go downstairs. And I just take their bottles, put them on the banister, grab the babies, drop them off to her room, which is our guest room slash my office, but we call it her room. And I go back to sleep for a couple more hours. Wait, that is amazing. <laughs> so tonight, shout out grandma. She's not here. Oh, yeah. Lola? Damn, she is fantastic. That, yeah, everyone needs a Lola. That's what you Lola. call Filipino grandmas, by the way. Really? Yeah. How do you spell yeah. it? Exactly like you would, L-O-L-A. And oh, then grandpas are Lolo, L-O-L-O. So, yeah. Cool. I, my, everyone has always been grandma, grandpa for me. Like it's grandma and grandpa O'Neill, grandma and grandpa Smith. Like it's always been that way, even though my dad is Nicaraguan and Native American. And oh, it's still I just, did not know that. It's just done grandpa. Yeah. Wow. I look nothing like my dad. I need to see yeah. a picture of him. Like, wow. <laughs> I know his skin tone is a little bit darker than yours. Oh. It's interesting. If you guys don't know, Ari's obviously Filipino. Um, I am white as white can be, but <laughs> I can tan. So there's that. Um, there's that. I feel like we just there's sidetracked that. for so long. It's all good. Um, you know what? We'll get back sometimes... into the topic. <laughs> oh, oh man. Okay. Well, today we did want to talk about... <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Follow along our little squirrel brain sometimes. But you know what? That's mom brain. So I'm sure I would hope you guys are following along as well. Um, but today we did want to jump into what life looked like after the hospital, because everybody's experience is a little bit different, but there's always little things that we can all relate on as moms. There's a lot that changes. So, well, and even just talking about what it's like to bring home a baby, because so much conversation is like pregnancy, labor, pregnancy, labor, pregnancy, labor, then what? And the then mm-hmm. what is like the uh, everything. Okay. <laughs> so the rest of my life. Now what do I do? Um, so Where are I don't know. all the right. professionals. <laughs> yeah, literally. Okay. Uh, I'm so curious. What was it like? You guys. So you had C-section. You're ready to leave the hospital. Did they prep you guys on here's how to do your car seat? Here's our things you could do. What was it like? leaving the hospital, getting in the car, going home. What was that whole experience for you? Yeah. They do not prep you with the car seat. Like you're not even allowed to bring the car seats up stairs. Like you have to keep them like downstairs. And this may be different because like, like we didn't have NICU babies. And so I think there is a car seat test that NICU babies have. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So with us, there's no car seat test. They had to stay downstairs. And so... um, My jaw's on the ground. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Luckily, we had a great nurse. um, But I got wheeled downstairs. Ian got the car. I had two babies. Like, I was a spectacle. I had two little nuggets. Five pounds, 11 ounces, and six pounds, eight ounces. Like, they were nuggets. And wheeled down... And then Ian pulled out the car seats. We had one of our friends that had been visiting us before we left. And she, you know, helped us kind of like maneuver things around. Because I wasn't really mobile a ton. Like I could walk, but I was very slow. And thankfully, the nurse kind of like went in and like checked out our car seats to make sure. But we did prep prior to going to the hospital. Like, how does this car seat work? Yeah. Like how tight yeah. does it need to be? Like, well, like, am I like completely squeezing them in or am I leaving, leaving some room? And so we did some prep, but then having the nurse there gave us comfort. 
But what about you guys? Because you like well, you that, had the NICU test. Like, like there's the car seat test. That's blowing my mind. I didn't even know that was a thing that they just like, oh, you and your baby get in the wheelchair. Well, first off, before I go in, into the NICU, leaving with a baby, did you take like the whole I'm leaving the hospital picture? Mm, I was no. I mean, Ian took pictures of me like in my little wheelchair when I got outside. Yeah. We have that. Um, I'll probably post that somewhere. So if somebody's listening, they can take a look at it. But I mean, what picture are you talking about? Yeah, no, just exactly that. Like the monumental moment of like, here we go. Here's motherhood. Um, I feel like that's like just such a stereotypical picture. So I I want to see yours because I want to see what that looks like. Um, yeah, but I'm like, back. I'm mind blown that they don't do a normal procedure. And maybe if you're listening to this, you're like, oh, my hospital did. Maybe it's a state thing or per hospital. Um, Lincoln was a NICU baby. And so going home, actually, even before, so we knew the day before he was going to get discharged that he was going to get discharged if he passed one more test. Essentially, we were on this waiting period. He had to pass so many different tests in order for us to leave. We are looking on the path to leave. And so in order to leave, we had to watch about two hours of videos on child safety. So we watched um, CPR videos. We watched different sanitary videos. We watched car seat videos, SIDS videos. Um, Yeah, it was two hours long that we were required as NICU parents in order to discharge our son to watch these videos. Then we also had to bring up our car seat. They had to manually check our car seat. They also watched us put him in, and then they also assessed him within the car seat before we were even able to get discharged. So I am like mind blown. I feel like, why isn't this just standard? This is insane. I'm like, what? Yeah. So I. What hospital did you deliver at? I delivered at Mission in Mission Viejo in California. Okay. Um, which is yeah. under like the Providence umbrella. But technically, since he was in NICU, mm-hmm. he was part of the Chalk Alliance. So Chalk is the Children's Hospital of Orange yep. County. Um, so I don't know if it's a Chalk thing or if it's a Mission Hospital thing. Um, but yeah, that was like a big part of us leaving. And then they also, again, this is different because he was in the NICU, but they sent us home with like a huge bag full of supplies. So... When leaving the NICU, they essentially clear the whole room of any product that was ever in there. So they gave us massive things of diapers, wipes, binkies, um, wraps, like blankets, creams, anything you can think of because being in the NICU, they then have to, we're in like an isolated room. Um, They have to completely empty out the isolated room and those products all just get thrown away. So they hooked us up big time, even then leaving the hospital just on like basic necessities for Lincoln, which I like totally okay, wrote I off wonder, of for a while. Like, I wonder if this is standard for NICU or if it's standard for mission because like people rave about the hospital that I delivered at and I, I loved it. It was a great experience, but no, we did not leave with all that stuff. Like, well, let me clarify. We didn't leave with that stuff legally. <laughs> We took blankets. Let's just get real. Because those babies were so tiny. They didn't fit in the blankets that we had. And so the nurse was like, well, as long as, you know, we don't see them leaving with that. That's so funny. Oh, man. Oh, that's so crazy. Okay. So I'm curious now when you guys got home, you're in the car. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. did you have one of those like, oh, my gosh, like a tight hands on the steering wheel? Like, yeah. Did you sit in the back seat with them or because of your C-section scar, did you sit in the front seat? Yeah, because of my C-section scar and because of having two babies, um, I was not going to be able to like comfortably squeeze in back there with them. Now I go back there with them when they need me, but um, no, I had to sit in the front. So we were like, we were those parents 
that like didn't sit in the back with the babies because otherwise I would have had to drive. So yeah, we were like crying on the way home and Ian wow. was driving and he was like white knuckling like, oh my God, that car's going so fast. Like you just turned into like this like protective parent of like, like how, yes, I'm going home with them. How are they letting us leave? But also like, I'm so ready to get started. Yeah. Um, but we just, we would look at each other and start crying. So we just decided mm. like, let's not look at each other. <laughs> um, yeah. What about so you? Beautiful. That is so beautiful. Like, I just want to know of yeah. like the excitement and just like, you guys have gone through so much and one day we'll have Ian on here for you guys all to hear their story. Um, but they're an am amazing, beautiful couple. They parent so well, especially with twins. So hearing Aww. that just is like total melts my heart because I could see it from obviously day one. That's how you guys were. So it's so beautiful. <laughs> I, yeah. For those who haven't or don't know, really know my experience. Um, I am no longer with Lincoln's dad. We, I, two months before he was born, we actually separated. So going home was actually a really, really hard process for me. Um, being in the NICU obviously was really hard. We were there a week, which some people who may be listening are like, oh my gosh, we've been in it three months or four months or a lot harder, which I have so much honor and respect for you guys because the NICU is not an easy place and it's not a happy place. Um, so getting released from the NICU is like super, super exciting. Um, because of the circumstances we don't leave of you guys COVID hanging, the we will. Oh, sorry, Jamie. I just want to just share with the listeners. We will talk about Jamie's NICU experience even more. Uh, we'll bring in another NICU mom too, to, to fill in the conversation, but just didn't want to leave you guys hanging. Yeah, we'll do a whole, whole NICU thing. And we want to bring in a mom who can talk with it from like a longer experience too. Um, and that has like a different diagnosis than Lincoln. Uh, Lincoln's fine now. He just, his lung collapsed at birth. Um, but because of my situation and COVID and everything, I wasn't ever allowed to leave the hospital. So from the moment I went in, I did not leave the hospital for a week. So I felt like I was in baby wow. jail. That's what I called it because I wasn't even allowed, like I didn't even see sunshine or anything because if I left, I wouldn't be allowed back in because I'm not vaccinated. And wow. I had to like go through that whole, like, all right, it was just a whirlwind. So leaving one, I was grieving the fact that I actually wasn't leaving with whom I was married to with our son. Mm -hmm. So I was grieving that fact that I actually wasn't going to my home. And that was really hard. And then on the flip side, it literally felt like I was released from like, I know this sounds dramatic, but like released from prison or like knowing you go on vacation. This is the best way to describe it. Actually, knowing you go on vacation and you get off the plane and you're either like hit with like humidity or you're like hit with a different atmosphere and you're like looking around and you're like, Oh my gosh. Like that's exactly what it was like. Like the sunshine. So my mom wheeled me down. No, I'm not even kidding. These are the responses. Like, so my mom brings her car around. Charlie leaves. I put Lincoln in the car and we're driving and I'm sitting next to Lincoln and I'm looking out the window and I'm like, oh, I live in Orange County. I was like, look at the palm trees. Let alone beautiful. you have like a child sitting right next to you. You're like your Literally. new baby and you're like, oh my God, outside? I've been locked in cabin fever. I call Literally it the hospital the like our pod. Like it's like yes. you're just like in a pod. But a yes. week, that is insane. Yes. So it was like one of those like, oh my gosh. And then I would like, he would make a noise and I'd be like, oh, and I have a child? <gasps> what? And I literally just kept looking at him and being like, I made that. I, I made that. What did that not just blow your mind? Were you like, I, the, both of these were just in me. It's wild. Even today you look at them and you're like, you were inside of me. Like we're going back to Mexico where we took our baby moon in January. Like, I'm like, they were inside of me last year. So yeah, totally get it. So crazy. But, so you had a mixed bag of emotions. You were going through going instantly into co-parenting. Mm -hmm. You were 
experiencing the outside world. Yeah. It was like new environment, <gasps> but that was even interesting of, um, and I want to hear what your experience was like. Usually. So advice that my midwife told me was five days in bed, five days around bed. And so five days in bed, then five days around bed and then five days around the house. Well, that was her advice. I did not follow that one little bit, not at mm-hmm. all, um, especially co-parenting. Um, my mom just has a rule that my ex-husband was not allowed inside her home. So mm-hmm. in order for Charlie to see Lincoln, it was either in the front yard or in a public place. So from day one coming home, I was out and about. It was either on a walk or I would meet him at a coffee shop. We used to like meet at Barnes and Noble, like wherever was just a a space for him to see his son. And so I instantly went to co-parenting and he would come once a day usually. Um, And so I was just plan on, you know, spending my whole day relaxing, resting, all of that, and then prepare for, you know, passing him off to see his father for, for that little bit until he got hungry again. So it was a really, really interesting experience instantly having going into co-parenting. And I would see people out and they would look at Lincoln and he's like tiny. And they'd be like, oh my gosh, how old? And I'd be like 10 days. And they're like, why are you outside? (laughs) And I'd be like, long story. Um, But yeah, so it was really interesting. Did you do, I mean, you're in like, every mom's in recovery after giving birth, but what is recovery like as a C-section? Because that I I just don't even know. I know you guys have so many rules, not rules, but like recovery you have yeah. to go through because you were just sliced open. Yeah, like seven layers deep. Um <laughs> but my, for some reason <laughs> in my mind it almost sounded like six feet, like I went like six <laughs> feet below and I was like, Wow, that's so deep. Wow. Yikes. Oh yeah. But seven well, layers. I wish somebody told me five days in bed, five days around bed. That did not happen. I mean, yes, I was in bed. I was in the hospital for, I think, three nights. So I was in bed. Um, But once I got home, this is where that like type A side of me comes out and I just try and like do too much way too fast. I broke my toe within an hour of being home. Wait, wait, wait. Say that you broke your toe yeah. an hour after coming home from the hospital with twins. Yep. Yep. So... Wait, knowing you, was it something really funny? Like, how did it all go down? <laughs> I wish it was funny. No, I was just trying to, like, move as fast as I normally would. Like, woo, just, like, got rid of... Like, not got rid of, but, you know, just birth two babies. I can, like, move. No, you can't. Like, you really should rest. And uh, I slammed my toe into the baby Bjorn bouncer, which Mm. this is a topic that I would love to share. You as a new mom think you're like designing your house the way like it's going to work once they're here. Those babies did not fit in the baby Bjorn bouncers for like two months. So the (laughs) fact that I had it out and that's what I broke my toe on. Is like that's how little I knew, and that's how little I like was just aware of. Like you make the nursery all pretty and whatever, you don't co- like we didn't go in for the first three months of their life. Yeah, oh, <laughs> they slept in our room. Wait, explain to them your changing table because this I think mm. is so brilliant and how you guys rearranged your house because you said you had it different before, and then explain what was different and then what you have set up now. Yeah, so when we first. Like we're preparing for them to be here. And once they were here, the changing table was in their nursery, just like everybody shows you on social media, like the changing room or changing thing goes into the nursery. That's just where it is. Well, I'm sorry, but our nursery's upstairs. I'm downstairs. My husband had to like put a limit on me for how much I could go up and down the stairs because with the C-section, it's just added stress on your body. And so He only gave me like two times I was allowed to go up and down the stairs. So I had to be really strategic. (laughs) My husband is a godsend. Um, He really keeps me in check. He is. He Um, truly is. 
Gosh, I don't know where I'd be without him. Love him. Um, so we ended up setting a changing table up downstairs. And the changing table, well, it first started as like our little storage thing, but that thing was wobbly. One of those like little Target like square things. Um, but they were so little that it worked. And then our entryway entry tape entryway table turned into their changing table. Guys, so now it it's is like this like brilliant. It's like this beautiful like um like crate and barrel like desk that we used as an entryway table. Changing table now. But it's great. Guys, it's so smart. It's this like massive, beautiful table. You walk into her house, though Ari is also like queen aesthetic. Like her house is like, she is Miss Neutral Queen to the max. So she has this beautiful neutral house and she has this full table. Like think of your, a small dining room table or your desk table. And it is set up as a changing table in the middle of her living room, but it just works. It's literally brilliant. It's right in like from her entryway in between that in the living room and it's brilliant. So it's great. Like, I don't know. I give them all the tips. So I, I have my changing table in my room, but Lincoln also has his crib and everything in his room. Um, our setup. I absolutely love. I have a changing table below. I have little baskets with all of his clothes, his crib. I have a very, very minimal setup because I don't have a nursery. It's me and him. Mm -hmm. We share a room. Um, I had a little play mat for him out in the living room. And now like we've moved the coffee table in the whole living room essentially belongs to Lincoln now. Um, what you do for the babies. Oh, literally my mom today was like, Jamie, this is starting to look like a warehouse. We need to do something <laughs> about it. And I was like, oh, I talk it. to Lincoln, take it up with the big man. Uh, <laughs> but I have a really simple setup and I don't have a lot of products. So mm. what would you say, like things you set up before, things that you actually use, what were super practical bringing home? Like now you have the twins home. What are you using every day? Obviously we changed the changing table to somewhere, an area that's a lot more practical, but mm -hmm. what else? Like, did you use bassinet? Did you use um, the snuggle me's or a tot or like, what were the items that you're like, I use this every single day from the day I brought him, brought them home. <laughs> I know there's two. Um, yeah. So we definitely got our, like good use out of the dock tots. Those things were fantastic. Those were not items that were purchased on our registry. We had them on our registry. Um, but Facebook Marketplace is a great place to get like bougie stuff on the discount. Yeah. So we got, we found matching dock tots. You should have just seen us. Like one day we were doing like a, basically a tour around Irvine, California, picking up matching dock tots from different households, matching Bjorn bouncers from different households because they were items that I wanted, but I didn't want to spend full price on them. There was many other things that we had to buy. But bassinets, we had one downstairs. So we had the Halo Twin bassinet downstairs, which was fantastic because we could just set them down there. We even put their dock tots in there to make it like comfy when they were super small. And then we have the bassinets upstairs in our bedroom. Um, we had the, so we registered at a store and she had one on display there. We had the Venice Child one. That one's fantastic. If you moms are looking for a bassinet that the babies are able to grow into, um, because it's huge. Like their dock top I don't fit think in I've it. I've never even heard that brand before. What is it called? It's called Venice Child. Um, yeah, maybe I can put it in the show notes. Um, but it's fantastic. Like it's not the it's not the snoo. Um, I know that worked for you, and so we'll talk about that. Um, but this one, it just has great features. It's, it's also very aesthetic. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like you can rock it manually. It can unzip. So it can like be on the edge of your bed where you just have oh, access to them. Nice. It can, um, it can like raise up or down. So like you can have them at an incline if they're having, you know, like acid reflux or if they're congested at any point, it has storage at the bottom. So those are those are fantastic. We kept them in there until I think like five months, which is wow. pretty unheard of for a bassinet. Yeah. Um, so what other things? Diapers. Diapers, ladies. 
like I said, you're not safe. If you have a C-section, <laughs> you're going to need diapers. I mean, you could use pads. Okay, wait, wait, I am so, this is a topic I'm so curious on. What is life like after you bring the babies home, after having a C-section? Like, what is, where are you at is more of the question. Mm -hmm. Like physically, you're talking about. Physically, mentally. Give me a rundown. Yeah, I mean, physically, you just went through a major surgery and Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I had to wear diapers. Hey. So explain to me that. I think that's the part that I don't really understand because yes, I understand. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you no longer, you still have the same wound that Mm -hmm. every woman has after carrying a baby. You have, Mm -hmm. if you have one baby, you have one massive wound. If you have two babies, you have two massive wounds on the inside of you. Um, So are you still bleeding? Like what is that whole process like? Yeah, your body is still bleeding. So not only do you have your incision that you have to make sure is staying like dry and clean, um, you are also bleeding. And so you have, I was wearing like sensitive skin, depends. Wow. That you don't wear till I like mean, you're a grandparent usually. But um, yeah. yeah. Did so, you like the diaper route? I personally like pads or all that. Yeah. Cause I mean, the pads that you need at that point, like they're chunky. (laughs) And I found, okay. Oh, you go yours. And then I'll tell you this hack that I actually found and loved and was obsessed with. Oh, oh, I'd love to hear. Um, yeah. Yeah. The pads were chunky. So I just opted not to do that. I was a tampon girl prior. So yeah, (laughs) but let's hear yours. Well, I actually had a friend do this for me and this was so, so helpful because I prepped with the diapers. So when I got my whole postpartum mm-hmm. little bag ready, um, which I'm curious of if you had a postpartum kit or not, um, I had friends that helped me prep a postpartum kit. And even the, one of my TikToks that I made was on making pad sickles and it had gone viral before Lincoln was born. And it was this whole thing about making pad sickles. If you don't know what a pad sickle is... It is, you take a pad, you unfold it, you put witch hazel and aloe, and it helps with the healing if you have like a vaginal birth. Um, So I had prepped all these things and this and that, and I had then also prepped essentially to put that on diapers. But my friend was like, no, no, no diapers, free to mom underwear. And Mm. let me tell you, I would buy it today. I would wear them today if that was normal. Free to mom underwear was the best thing ever postpartum. Were, are they like the underwear that disposable underwear or are they? They're, yes. So oh, they're disposable okay. underwear. So soft, so mm-hmm. comfortable, mm-hmm. like they're boy shorts. So you like also feel just very secure all the way around. They're also high waisted, which yep. was a huge deal. Um, where, like even my friends who had C-sections, it was able to completely cover the incision mm-hmm. to keep it safe and protected. So yep. I loved it. And then I was able, essentially like I trimmed my pads and just changed them <laughs> a lot more often just to stay comfortable. Mm-hmm. But that was a huge deal in my comfortability coming home from the hospital because I mean, everyone knows after you have a baby, you just like, you feel like, whoa. Yeah. You went from having like this beautiful belly that everybody celebrates to like, whoa, what just happened to me? And you have to have so much grace with yourself because you don't even, like, I didn't recognize myself, you know? Like, I mean, it was, it was, I think we could definitely do more preparing for that. Just mental shift. I agree. I think even pregnancy is more mental than it is physical. At least for Mm -hmm. me, it was. That's another topic. We'll do a whole conversation on all that. But okay, back to the diapers. You love diapers. How did you care (laughs) for your incision? I know. Mental health. Oh, it's like sad, sad. Okay, diapers. Uh, So you um, love diapers. Not for your kids, but for yourself. For you. We have 
teeny tiny for the twins. And then we have the adult size for us. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. You never thought you'd match your baby as quickly as you do. So twinning, twinning, <laughs> double twin for Ari. Oh, um, but um, yeah, your incision. Yeah. So my incision Basically what they did was they stitched everything on the inside, including like my lower abs, um, and then they glued the top. So what happened, because Little Miss wants to do everything under the sun, one of my stitches decided to like pop through. And so I ended up going to my doctor's office multiple times after I gave birth. Like normally you only go at like your six week check-in. I was in for like my IV, it, like site got infected. My, uh, like see like the stitch popped out. Then I thought it got infected. So I went a third time. Like, I mean, they were really happy to see me cause they don't normally get to see the babies after like you're out, you're out of there. Um, so I was friends with everybody in my doctor's office. Hey, that is great. Go back to your stitch was popping through. What? Yeah. Yeah. What does that even mean? Well, it just meant that like I must have did like done something where I like bent over. That's what they thought I probably did. Um, that then caused the stitch to pop through the glued oh. through layer. So fortunately for me, when they looked at it, it looked um healed enough where it was safe for them just to take out versus like having to restitch that section. Oh, could you um, imagine? Oh God. Like, I don't even know what you would do. Do you have to go back? Like I, I was never under. So I mean, what would they do? I don't yeah. know. I don't want to know. I mean, yeah, no. if you're a mom listening and that happened to you and you had to get restitched, please share with us. Yeah. I bless <sighs> you women. Seriously. So that's crazy. But How long did it take from like you coming home from the hospital till like your stitches dissolved, your incision was like actually like not quote unquote healed because then you have to go through all the scar tissue and all of that. But to mm -hmm. the point where you like, you could shower, you could do all that. Like you weren't worried of like, if I get something in it or something's going to irritate it. How many weeks was that? Yeah. So I could shower almost immediately. I showered in the hospital. Um, and then I showered when I got home. Um, and then I was moving around like probably just too much. I went to yeah. fashion Island for my birthday, <laughs> which was six days after the babies were born. So it was like a couple mm -hmm. days after I'd gotten home. Um, so I don't know if I was limited in that capacity, but I was, I also had to end up going on like painkillers because things just got like really painful. Um, and I was trying to be very mindful about how much I was taking and I, it was under the care of my doctor. Um, I also ended up getting preeclampsia right after I like after? going, yeah, going into, um, my surgery, they were like, that's a high number. So they took a blood sample and it came back that I had preeclampsia that day. And so, what? um, they were like, thank what God we delivered story. you. Literally. Everything was so smooth during the pregnancy. And then it was all of a sudden, like, these things happened. And mind you, like, they were not huge things. Like, they were all fixable. We were able to, like, carry on a normal life. But, yeah, it was definitely interesting. Yeah, it's so, like, these are the things that, like, no one... I'm so glad we're having a conversation because yeah. I didn't listen to anything about what it was like bringing home baby because... Bringing them home is like so full of joy. You're like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, this is amazing. It was so worth it. Every part, pregnancy, labor, it was so, so worth it. But you're a patient but you're yourself. recovering. Yeah, you are mm -hmm. recovering. And that's like even one of the biggest things. And like one of the things I really had to accept is like asking for help and having help. And I'm so thankful mm. for my mom she was like a massive help. I had a meal train too. So, um, people, friends of mine, my church, they, people are dropping off meals every day, which was a massive help. Cause you just don't even think about like how you're going to feed yourself because all you're thinking about is, okay, it's eat, sleep, 
wake, eat, sleep, wake, like they, they're on a hungry schedule from day one. Yeah. And so it's just even thinking about those things. We're asking for help of like simple things of like prepping, changing like my diapers or the pads and stuff like that, or even being able to like hold them for one second while um, you go and take a shower and eating, making sure you're eating enough, making sure you're drinking enough. Like, Hey, could yeah. you grab me the water bottle? Because if I get up, he's going to wake up or, um, there's so much. Of How that. was like, it for you asking for help? Cause I think we're very similar in a lot of ways. <laughs> so I'm curious to know, like, how did you ask for help and how was it received by those people? So I don't think I really knew what to ask help in, in the beginning of like, because mm. I think one of the big topics that people talk a lot about is visitors. And so like that topic is covered a ton of like, are you going to let visitors? Or are you not going to let visitors? Are you going to let them hold them? Or are you not going to let them hold them? But no one really talks about like what help looks like. And I had friends that would come and be like, oh, like I'll come over and I'll help out. And their help in their mind, they thought they were being so sweet, which was, oh, I'll hold your baby so mm. you can clean, you can shower, you can make meals, you could do all this. And I'm like, I don't want to give them up. Uh, yeah. What in your world makes me think like, I'm just going to hand you my baby so I could go do the things I don't want to do which are all the things yeah. I do want to do is just hold my baby. So asking for help, I think I realized I needed. My mom stepped up to the plate a lot. And so shout out made, moms. Seriously, like, shout out. Yes. Shout out Grandma Perry. Shout out Lola. Yeah. I mean, you don't realize how, I don't know. I don't know for you. I think we have talked about this actually. My relationship with my mom grew tremendously the same. day that I came home from the hospital same. with babies. Yeah, same. And I think I was able to honor and respect her differently because I mm. started to understand what she had gone through. And I think oh that's goodness. a huge thing. We'll yeah. have to do a whole... Oh, maybe they would love... Oh my gosh. Imagine if we brought our moms onto this. They would freaking <laughs> love it. Guys, our moms are like dying Next to level. be a part. Yeah, literally. It's the best. They're so supportive. We it's love amazing. them. My mom listens to the podcast before it's published. She's like, oh, yeah. I got to I got to know. She's like, my mom works in a, a office at a hospital. And so she's always talking to them about things. And it, it's honestly hysterical. I love it. We love <laughs> the grandmas. Um, but I think asking for help on that topic, I felt safe asking close her everyone else I learned, uh, don't want your help or how do I set a safe boundary or how do I communicate to you? I don't know. What did you follow when you brought home the twins? Did you have visitors? Um, what was that like? Also, you had just moved a few months prior. So I know that was yeah. a little bit different for you guys. Yeah. We moved in October and then, uh, the babies were born in May. So luckily we had created some community down here, which was fantastic. Um, and then my husband being from down here, we had created community just like visiting uh, over the 11 years of us being together. Um, so I thought about this a lot during my pregnancy to the point where like I had a complete breakdown with my family of me trying to set expectations of what was going to happen and Oh, they had so much grace with me. I feel like my tone did not come across very nice. My words were filled with hormones because <laughs> everyone tells you to ask for help. So I was like, fantastic. I'm going to ask for help. <laughs> were you like, get me this? No. <laughs> I was like, uh, so this is a real conversation. And I absolutely love my mom. She stepped up to the plate. But... I straight up told her, I was like, when I deliver and I come home and you come stay with us, you are not a guest in our house. You are there to help take care of us. <laughs> and this Bye. is because I love taking care of people. Like when they come over into our house, I love like, you know, making sure like, like all the meals are planned for like 
the room is just very nice for them to stay in. You have everything you need. And if I can, I'll even have gifts ready when they come. Um, but I knew I was not going to be able to do that once I gave birth to two babies. I was like, my focus is going to be elsewhere. I was like, I'm going to need people to cook, clean, whatever. Like, so yeah, she came in and she just cooked and cleaned and took care of the babies. And it was incredible. I love my dad, <laughs> but so they're divorced. So he came a couple, uh, a week or two after she was here. <laughs> we had to have a talking. He had a, he had a crazy week with work. And so he came in with a different mindset. He also didn't come down with my stepmom, who was also a godsend. Um, he came down solo initially and then she came later, but he had no idea how to help because he was just like so far removed from baby life. Hmm. And yeah. And then he doesn't cook. And so we had to have a conversation of how he could help. And so his job was the cleaning and damn, he did some like deep cleaning. Amen. So thank you, dad. Seriously. No, it is really interesting. Like these are the things that a lot of people on like things of needing help for. So if you're pregnant listening to this, or you sent this to a friend who's pregnant, one of the things that you can empower people instead of telling people you can empower people to do Great. is recommend cooking, share with mm -hmm. them your favorite meals. You can share, you know, things that you would love to be cleaned, uh, laundry, dishes, vacuuming, mopping, you know, normal things to keep a household running. Um, in a normal situ, I say quote unquote normal, but if like husband and wife or, you know, the partner was together, that would actually give a ton of relief to the partner as well, where then they can focus on mom and caring for mom instead of having to not only care for the house and care for mom. I think that's something too, that a lot of conversations don't happen around is mm -hmm. they're becoming a parent the same time a mom is. Yeah. So that's like a huge, not only do we have like this crazy euphoric experience with birth and we become mothers and that experience helps a mother actually step into those natural instincts. A partner, a father just has to one day accept it. They, they get to watch it and hopefully they have like a similar experience, but, um, they're also stepping into a complete life change too. So what was Ian's kind of response to everything? What did he communicate to you? What was his role alongside you when you guys came home? Because that's a huge shift for him as well. Well, I just want to say you just said that beautifully. And I wish I had that much like grace when I was hormone <laughs> inflamed. Um to share that with my family that way. And I, I do want to also call back when you shared about like when friends come over to visit and maybe they don't have kids, so they just don't have that experience. If you are a friend listening and um, your friends are pregnant and expecting and yeah, when you come over, what's helpful is you actually like doing something or bringing a meal. Um, yes, we want you to hold our babies in some cases, some cases uh, moms may not want to. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, like we just gave birth to them. Like we don't want to do the house stuff. Like we need help. Yeah. So, yeah. um, but yeah, coming back to Ian, Ian is just, he's seriously an angel. Like I've had multiple people tell me that. And I'm just like, yeah, I know I'm, I'm the lucky one at our wedding. I got roasted because Ian is definitely the sweet one in our relationship. Um, but he, he like just did so much. Like he changed all the diapers in the hospital. I changed one because I wanted to, not because like I had to or anything. Um, <laughs> and he just, he just, oh, I love him so much. Sorry. Um, but he prepared a ton um, he read a ton of books prior, like not me shoving books down like his throat, just like him, like, yeah, like I want to start reading and preparing. And, and he always shared with me, like when we found out we were pregnant, he was like, wow, I'm going to be a dad. 
And then when he saw the babies at the ultrasound, like that was really cool. And as a twin mom, you get ultrasounds at all of your appointments, which is fantastic for him to like have that connection. Um, and then when he could feel them, that was like a whole new experience. But then when they were here, he was like, wow, no longer am I going to be a dad. Like I am a dad now. Like they are here. Mm-hmm. And I just, he, <laughs> he's just such an amazing dad. I can't wait to have him on the podcast because I want him to share really from his heart how yeah. he experienced everything. Cause not only was he now in charge of taking care of me, um, but he was also in charge of taking care of the babies. And I mean, he stepped up like, he, I don't even want to say stepped uh, up because he just filled the gaps where I couldn't at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Did you yeah. guys, I know our, what, no, it's beautiful. It's like one of those things where it's like, I think people think a lot about life and family and creating a family. And one of the like biggest phrases that I live by is like, what you can honor is what you can receive. And that's why I look at Mm. you and Ian so much and just honor you guys and honor Ian and honor the parents that you guys are, because I know I can receive that for myself. And my situation was my situation, but looking at that and hearing that it, it's so, so beautiful. And knowing when someone can see a mother's heart, I think anyone, whether it is a grandparent, a partner, a friend, um, maybe someone that just came recently into your life, whatever it looks like, and they can actually see your mother's heart and they can meet it. It is one of the most beautiful things ever because I fully believe that a mother's heart is unconditional love, servanthood, and sacrifice all laid down in one. And when you come home from birth, it is that manifests into a human where now you're seeing all of that step by step, day by day, minute by minute in real time of what a mother's heart looks like. So I think even um, watching partners be able to do that so beautifully is such an incredible thing. And I can vouch Ian is literally an angel. Like I've never, even when he says, or we'll be in business meetings. Cause if, if you guys didn't know Ari and her husband are one of my business partners of when I brought on the collective, um, we have an additional one as well, but all of us sit in these business meetings. And even when Ian has like a spicy opinion, it's like with a smile, <laughs> I'm like, he's like, I said it. <laughs> I said it. What do you want me to do? I already said it. <laughs> and so it, it's just really, really, really beautiful. And so um, what would, and since I didn't have that experience, what is one thing that you can say that you can ask a partner that would really help coming home and being in the very thick and heavy of postpartum? Yeah. I think one thing, if it's available to them is for your partner to take their paternity leave um, and really maximize that. I know that that is not a, it's not something society like really builds up. Like usually it's like two weeks and then they're back to work and you just birthed a child, whether it's your first or your second or your third or even more, like really take the time to then share those moments together and share like you guys brought life into this world and Mm -hmm. now your identity is shifting from like yourself or a partner and now it's shifting into a parent and I was very grateful that Ian took he maximized his entire parental leave and so in the state of California you're um, able to take 12 weeks of FMLA Wow. Um, we need yeah, to do a so, whole educational episode because I mean, I am self-employed, so I didn't do any of that, but you, those are resources that are so important. So you're going to have to do a whole shebang on how to actually capitalize and resources for it and everything. So Ian took his full 12 weeks. Ian took his full 12 weeks and his work was 
like they're super generous. And so the fourth month he had every Friday off. Wow. Um, And so it really helped us like transition from like, okay, like now we're getting into rhythms and, and routines of having these babies and then you go back to work, but we have that grace of having that third weekend day to then like shift back. We're also very grateful that he also works from home. Um, but yeah, I, I think let's normalize men taking paternity leave because yeah. we are all parents now. <laughs> like it's not yeah. just all on the mom. Um, so that'd be my biggest thing. That's good. That's really good. It, it I feel like this whole episode was very chaotic and I feel like that almost describes what it's like coming home because even too like as much as like if we could give takeaways of what it's like coming home I think one there's crazy feelings of like excitement and joy but like the unknown and the scary and the anxiety and there's so much of like, wow, this is so awesome. And hoping everything that you prepped for, whether it's how you laid out your house or the different products that you bought, or, you know, you think you're, they're going to be one way, but they're a different way. And there's so much of like, oh my gosh, now my hormones are crashing because they're just like accelerating for nine months and now they're crashing and you just don't really know. And then now you're adding people into the mix because they want to support you and they want to see baby. And there, it's just this, it's a chaos of beauty and it's a puzzle that is like constantly shifting and changing. Like once you think you got the border set and you can live within there, it's like, then the border shifts and you got to like start over and you're well equipped now, but Um, you're constantly learning. And so I do think that, you know, a good majority of this podcast, we were talking a lot about me. I think the listeners would really want to hear more about like you coming home and then like, what were the thoughts spurring into the collective? And because you were, I can imagine co-parenting, not having like just having your mom at home, not, I don't want to say just having your mom at home because that's huge. Um, you were probably just like reaching out for community and like trying to connect where like where you just weren't finding connection elsewhere. Yeah. I mean, that was probably one of the biggest things. Obviously, that's why it started the collective. So not a lot of people know this. So um, you guys get the tea first. Um, but because of my circumstance... Uh, the closest people to me knew what was going on. So um, knew what was going on, i.e. me and Charlie not being together. So we kept it. um, And even just an understanding of of the dynamic of Charlie and I, uh, we tried once Lincoln was born to still restore our marriage. And we worked really hard at it. Both of us did and do two free will decisions. Um, yeah, we're, we're actually walking through the divorce now, but we were still working things out and there's just a lot of chaos happening within our own marriage still. And so I kept my circle really, really small once I had Lincoln, because as soon as they stopped talking about Lincoln, the next thing that someone was going to ask me was about my marriage Mm. and my marriage. I didn't know where it stood. And so that whole time of also to Lincoln have been in the NICU, I was one of those moms who was very closed off on how many people could actually hold and touch him and see him mainly because we are still dealing with lung issues coming home. So Mm -hmm. Lincoln's lung collapsed when he was born, he was in the NICU, we got released. But if you laid Lincoln horizontal, he would instantly gasp for air for the first like five weeks of his life. So even certain things like we can go, we'll do a whole episode on like our favorite products that we have as through motherhood. But one of the products that was life-changing for me was the snoo. The snoo, I went from having every nap having to be on me every night, him having to be on me to the snoo, literally saving everything for me. That's amazing. Um, Oh my gosh. It was literally the best thing ever. And if you don't want to buy it, just so you know, you can rent it. So we did a trial month. We rented it for one month to see if we liked it. 
and we loved it. So then I had this new up until he was five or six months. It was the best thing ever. Side note, you could also buy it on Facebook Marketplace for half the price and then resell it for the same price. I have friends who have done that. Literally facts because you only use it the few months. So it stays in great condition Mm -hmm. and you can even just go and buy like um, the swaddles are included when you rent it or buy it or whatever. So even if you just bought it used, just buy brand new swaddles and you're good to go. Like it's amazing. Um, But just because of everything of Lincoln, my marriage, all of that, um, the people that I did see, I just didn't want to talk to anymore. Like not like anymore of like, I never want to see you, but like, I didn't want to talk about like, so how's it going with you and Charlie? And I just wanted to connect with moms on motherhood. And I realized Mm -hmm. that that tight circle that I did have, only one of them is a mom and she's my best friend. And I love her so much, but I needed more mom friends. I needed more. And I work for myself. I've built a personal brand on social media. Um, This a year and a half ago or like two years is when I finally started doing it full time. I always had like side gigs and side jobs doing it. Um, and so I was like, whatever, I am going to go find out how to make mom friends. And I had met up from with some other moms from TikTok prior. And I was like, people are cool. Like there's gotta be other cool moms out there. And so that's when I made the TikTok video. And I said, if there's any moms that want to get a coffee and go for a walk, meet me here because walks were my mental health savior after having mm-hmm. Lincoln. Um, with the dynamic of everything, I knew for my mental health, I needed to be outside and I needed to get some form of exercise. And you know, when after you have a baby, you don't get cleared for six weeks or whatever. So I was like, well, I could yeah. just go on walks and I would go on long walks every single day and multiple times a day. And I was getting lonely and I was just wanting like other help of like, am I crazy for thinking this or is Mm -hmm. Lincoln like that or whatever, you know, just all the different unknowns of of motherhood of what you need. And so that one video changed everything. And that's what like brought the collective collective here today. I had two moms show up to the first walk. It was amazing. Did a recap video. The recap video went viral. And that's why we have the collective here today is because I know, I know my situation is very rare. But the feelings that I was feeling in my situation aren't. And that's a lot of what mothers feel is the unknown, the uneducated, Mm -hmm. the loneliness, the desperation, but also the longing just to feel normal. And that Mm -hmm. was probably the biggest thing. Like, I just wanted to know I wasn't crazy. And if you don't have a community of mothers, people who aren't moms yet will literally make you feel yeah, please join us. We want, I will beg you. I will drive, like drive to your house, pick you up. Maybe, maybe not, but I want you to be a part of this community because of how yes. life changing it truly, truly is. And, and if we don't live close having to community, you, sorry, I was just going to say, if we don't live close to you, I'll go, go, we go. Have amazing ambassadors that have our same oh gosh, heart of really wanting you to find community, find your village And so, I mean, we will start traveling and go visit. So we may be driving to your house if you need us to pick you (laughs) up. Let's go to a walk. Um, But please find a walk near you. We have our website. We have our walk finder. Find one near you. We're going to be launching another hundred cities um, potentially before the new year. So a walk is probably showing up near you soon. Yeah. And that's, that's just my heartbeat of just the collective of wanting this to be that resource center once you bring baby home. And it's a resource center of firsthand experience, AKA Mm -hmm. other moms. And it's interesting. I was having this, I went with my best friend to coffee this morning and we were just talking about different things because she is a researcher. And if you know her, shout out Nicole. I love her. Um, She researches everything and not just like researches an article that talks about a study. She actually goes and finds the medical journal and reads the study, which praise God for her. Um, but she was just 
she's in a scenario now with her. She has Duke is 14 months, I think. Um, and everything that she had read on that she had thought she had made a really firm decision on. She's now going back and questioning because she's like, well, that's just not my son. And it was a firsthand experience for her where she actually met up with another mom. The other mom shared her just insight on the perspective and what she did. This mom is a mom of four. My friend is a mom of one. And the mom of four just was able to speak life into her. And wow. then this morning talking with her about it, she was like, oh, my son's awake crying. Um, we'll close this out. But the mom, she came back to me then this morning and was like, that was the most helpful thing I've ever heard far greater than all these researches and different studies that happened. And it came from a mom who's actually walked in my shoes. So that's incredible. That being said, we're going to tie this up because my son is crying. <laughs> um, yes. Well, but we will we just see you guys, thank you guys next time. Yes. <laughs> um, we're going to start bringing in some other hosts. We're going to talk probably our next episode I'm just going to say it now will be our favorite products of motherhood. We're going to talk about a list of everything we use daily, um, things that are worth the money, things that aren't worth the money, um, just products that were like, this is a must go get it ASAP. But other than that, if you resonate with REI, go to the momwalkcollective.com and feel free to email us, go to the momwalk co Instagram. Um, or you can reach out to our own personal ones. Mine's Jamie Easton. Ari's is Ari Party Four. We love you guys. We, we hope love you, that Mama. This was amazing. Ari, any closing words? We just love you so much. We want to help you guys find your community. And until you find your community, we are here. We will be your virtual village. So we yes. love you. We love you. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.